Hello, and welcome to Doctor Who. This is episode 10. We're really excited because we finally hit the double digits. This is, you know, our first little, like, fun little milestone. Uh, we're going to be talking about, obviously, you know, episode 10 of season one of the Doctor Who revival, uh, which is The Doctor Dances. Uh, I really like this title. I think it's cute. Okay. <laughs> Great. You know they use dance as like a euphemism for um for fucking doing yes. It. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but they not always. Sometimes they're really just dancing. Oh, it like starts as dancing and then as the episode progresses it becomes And then like it a... goes back to regular dancing, Robert. Oh, oh yeah, it sure does. Yeah, that's Listen, all they couldn't that. name it the <laughs> Dr. Fucks. <laughs> <laughs> The, the doctor, doctor gets down. If you finally know, parentheses, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Are we gonna start this? Uh, this podcast? yeah. <laughs> 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 we stop laughing, laughing at our own dumb joke. All right. So last we left our um, heroes. Uh, well, the our Gaspies? two heroes and the con man. Yeah, two He's heroes a and hero. a con man. I won't hear it. Shut the fuck up about my boy. <laughs> he will re- grow to become a hero. Mm. Begrudgingly, let's be honest. Kind of begrudgingly, okay. but also in a very suave way. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, what I'm going to call Gaspies uh, for gas mask zombies. Um. Okay, <laughs> that's a choice. That's it a, is a that's... choice. It's a choice I made because it sounds stupid as hell. <laughs> it is <the> <laughs> <laughs> yep, the gas mask monsters. Because um, everybody calls them gas mask zombies, and why not just fuse the two words together, gas bees? Well, uh, there's three words, and you just skipped the mask one. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, would you consider these to be great gas bees? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> We need to, we're just really impressed with ourselves, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. So um, we've made it to ten episodes. We've we didn't we're, think we were gonna get this far. Peaked. Must be we're, we're doing something right. Um. Uh, and like uh, I believe you said last episode, Andrew. Uh, the the I don't know if you said it on air or not, but the situation is resolved almost immediately. Yeah, the doctor's yeah. great plan is to act like a scolding parent. He sends them all to their room. The manufactured cliffhanger is resolved by the doctor grounding the bad guy. <laughs> Go to your room. I am very cross with you. Mm-hmm. He goes all um, dad on him, and I will say, I'll admit, I do like what he says afterwards. After they all start like going back to bed, and he's like. Man, that would have been some terrible last words. <laughs> <laughs> like, I do like when the doctor is incredulous that his own plan worked. He's like, by all accounts, that doesn't make sense. I feel like that Which, happens a lot. <laughs> especially with Eccleston's doctor. He was just kind of shooting from the hip. Yeah, I feel yeah. like he just sort of like stumbles into the right answer a lot of the times. From there, they go back to just kind of... Well, Rose is examining him, but uh, I think we get like a little brief... Uh, exchange between the doctor and, and Jack. The and kind the of like, if you missed the last episode, like here's the <laughs> some info you may have missed. But then, yeah, we kind of get into the uh, mechanics of Jack's con about like, yeah, I sell the thing, take the money up fifty of half of it up front, and then it mysteriously gets blown up. We commiserate. Yeah, and the doctor is not impressed. Partly because it's caused a um, pandemic level like event. Yeah. Although, to be honest, uh, I like Jack's plan. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty cunning. He just, mm-hmm. you know, made a little bit of a misstep. And he, like, he genuinely thought that it was harmless and just like wasn't going to do anything. Yeah, he made this. He made. He did his due diligence. Yeah, he's it's a good the, con man. Yeah, he. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> a little bumbling. He's not good at being a con man. He is a good con man. Yeah. Good aligned. Yes. Con man. yes. Yeah. Well, they all go over like Jack's con and everything. Jamie, the child, is headed back to his room. So he leaves her alone from 
the predicament she was in in the, the dining room. Which is very funny, because, like, the doctor saving their own skin also saved her skin, which is, like, both instances of, like, oh, we gotta have a cliffhanger are mm-hmm. solved in, like, two seconds. Mm-hmm. It's very convenient that they're all linked by a hive mind. Mm-hmm. Very convenient. Um, <laughs> she, like, watches him go and has a cry. Um, and then later on, when she's trying to leave, uh, the... They sound the all clear. clear. Yeah, there's the all clear, which... We hear the all clear during the Jack and Doctor segments. There's some bit of like jumping back and forth here. Yeah. Because uh, once they hear they're all clear, the Doctor heads up to explore the room where uh, Jamie was at while Nancy leaves the family's house. But she gets caught by the family coming back into the, uh, the house. Yeah. And it's just like, you damn kids. You punk kids on stealing food from my kitchen table. Um, yeah. The, like they round her up and uh, how did I put it in my notes? It's just captured by the family. Okay. It was as simple as that. I thought I wrote something funny now. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, Nancy has just balls of steel, like asking the guy for whatever the hell she wants. Cause she knows like he had to have done something shady to. Yeah. This food Cause like house. we, we go back and forth here. We go to like the, the doctor and like they have another scene, but yeah, after that, like, Nancy is straight up extorting this man. Yeah. And it's just like, like what are you going to do to me? Like <laughs> you don't deserve all this food. Well, she she's like I know you're having sex with the butcher to get this extra food. If you don't want me going run in my mouth, you go you're going to help me out. Mhm. Yeah, she to get out of like being a caught by the police, she essentially blackmails this guy and uses his bathroom and waltzes out of it. <laughs> <laughs> like before i leave i'm gonna take a big stinky number two. Oh, robert hey i had to go there no you didn't did you <laughs> I, again another choice that you made i know i think it's some interesting choices this episode mm-hmm. but um i don't want to gloss over <laughs> the scene with uh the doctor and Ro or dr rose and jack because there's some they, there's some like dynamite lines here where the doctor just casually drops that he exploded a weapons factory. Um, the same one where Jack got his little gun. Mm-hmm. His little square gun. Well, I wasn't, we weren't jumping over it. We just hadn't gotten there yet. So. Well, yeah, the, the extortion bit is after that. It is, yeah, but I'm not going to get into the mechanics of how you guys jumped before <laughs> I was able to. No, that's my bad for jumping. Um. So they go up to patient room zero here and the doctor, like he, he says they're going upstairs to the room, but Rose and Jack, like keep going past the stairs. <laughs> and the doctor's like, Hey, I'm up the stairs where I said I would be. <laughs> and then, yeah, we get the little part with his gun and it's partly because I believe the doctor wants to know what he's armed with because Jack like shows off. He's like, got this little blaster and cuts a perfectly square hole in the lock. And Rose is like, well, what happened to your screwdriver? And he's like, this, it works perfectly fine. So it was, it's clear that the doctor is, you know, he wants to see what Jack Just is on. testing with. Jack, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, there's the banana bit. About, like, oh, these, <laughs> these blasters are made. <laughs> and the Bananas doctor hints. Bananas are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're great. Great source of uh, potassium. And mm-hmm. <laughs> they help break down, um, like some type of acid in your body so that your muscles don't ache as much stuff like that okay at least i think that's what it is somebody can correct (laughs) (laughs) the doctor hints heavily that he's the one who destroyed this weapons facility to create a banana haven Mm -hmm. (laughs) just like a banana grove in the middle of what used to be a weapons factory it's like where's that episode i'd love to see that story Mm -hmm. maybe they cover in one of the uh Big Finish audio. Oh, maybe. <laughs> audio, audio dramas. Nine's adventure. <laughs> Creating a banana factory. Not a banana <laughs> factory. Well, let's just move on. Before <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they go in the patient zero room. Patient room zero. Zero room patient. I'm going to roll today with these. Oh. Sure. <laughs> if you want to call that a roll, you can call that a roll. Yeah, I'm rolling down. 
But they certainly listen to the room. recording, right? Yeah, he. They look around. They notice like the glass for the observation booth has been smashed in. There are pictures of um, uh, mummies, mummies everywhere. Like drawings. <laughs> drawings. Gen- yeah. General, you know, children's drawings of what a mom would look like. Mm-hmm. And the doctor plays the tape of uh, Doctor Constantine, which I still can't believe they pronounce it that way. Yeah. Basically asking, you know, the child, like, you know you are where's what's going on you have any kind of like conscious thought whatsoever and just gets back uh where's my mommy are you my mommy mm, and various classic variations of the the phrase which the rose goes like oh i heard that before and the doctor's like yes i've heard this too dun, dun, it's like dun. yeah guys it's the entire <laughs> plot of the 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 two-part episode mm-hmm. the rose is like well how come he doesn't know you know, like who his mommy is. Great question. Mm-hmm. Surprised it took her this long to ask it. Yeah. They were, uh, they listen to the recording. They kind of like explore everything. And the doctor goes on this like rant. But him, he's listening to the walls. He can feel the energies. He can, he knows. Um, then the child is growing in power. I'll have the power of a God. For some reason unexplainable <laughs> the power of a god in the hands of a child in the hands of a child and i just sent him to his room which is here because um like the the audio recording stops playing and like the tape starts spinning in the background and like they don't uh, ostensibly they don't notice mm-hmm. and then the are you my mummy keeps happening and it's a it is a fun little reveal like it's a nice little tense moment where they're just like, "Oh, that's that tape ended thirty seconds ago. The kid is here. We're in danger." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we get the like a chase sequence. Mm-hmm. They Jack goes immediately to blast the child, but he pulls out a banana. <laughs> <laughs> where the doctor got this banana? Who knows? Like pulled it out of nowhere. I think he just always carries a banana on him, just in case he gets sna- snacky. <laughs> just needs no. one i get it pocket banana you know how it is uh-huh <laughs> uh the emergency banana just in case you ever need one mm-hmm. uh he grabs jack's pistol his blaster blows a hole in the wall i guess it doesn't blow a hole in the wall it like perfectly cuts a it's a sonic blaster we should clarify and it like just perfect like cuts it's and a, then as we learn a second a later gun mm-hmm it can like rewind the mm-hmm. damage you've done, mm-hmm. which Jack uses to block the exit off that they just made. And then they run down the hall a little, are confronted by more uh, gaspies, <laughs> and cut off their escape. And then they have like a a sonic device measuring contest between <laughs> Jack and the Doctor, <laughs> where the Jack starts listing off all the things that his his gun can do. It's like it's a sonic blaster. You can do a cannon. He's like, what do you got? He's like, well, I got a Sonic. For some reason, the doctor is like sheepish to admit that it's just a screwdriver. He's like, it's a Sonic. Don't worry about it. You can do Sonic things just like your gun can. (laughs) Jack is just like, who Sonic's a screwdriver? Who looks at a screwdriver and says, you know, that needs to be a little bit more Sonic. Mm Mm-hmm. They start digging into each other about it. And he's like, well, sometimes you just got to make a cabinet, you know? <laughs> but uh, then, Rose saves them by firing the floor. Look, good, good on you, Rose. Good job. Mm-hmm. You, you they, finally did good. Finally, she did save the doctor in her first episode. So let's not. Yeah, but, like, but what has she done since then? <laughs> Only give him. Fast cosmic power back to a Dalek. Um, <laughs> I think she's she's made a lot more mistakes than she has helped, but that's fine. Almost Detroit's time space by saving her father. <laughs> Most of her contributions um, have been undoing her own fuck ups. Yeah, probably the wor- worst companion. <laughs> that would be a fun thing to measure: is like how often the companion actually like helps, and like measuring that against the others to see like which one like objectively is the best person to take with you in the TARDIS 
Uh, well, let's let's do that. We'll, we'll do a companion episode at some point. <laughs> <laughs> decide if the least we get we most useless companions yeah. were. Uh, they escape, sort of question mark, because they escape right back into another ward full of more gaspies that chase them into a closet. Which the uh, doctor uses. He has he gets to use his sonic because um, apparently your Jack's sonic blaster can only fire like four times mm-hmm. or it runs out of juice. Yeah, because he has uh, a whole bunch of like extra apps on his phone and it just drains the battery. Well, reconstituting matter that you just blew out of a wall probably does drain the juice. Yeah, sure. I can't argue that because it's sci-fi nonsense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the doctor saves them by using his sonic screwdriver to unlock the door and then lock it again. And they hide in the medical closet. Right, so they, they, they wait in the closet and then we go back to, to, to Nancy, right? And Nancy's just like off investigating on her own because she feels so guilty about all of this uh, we don't quite cut back to nancy because uh the doctor is like looking for a way out and he's like explaining stuff to rose i can't quite remember ex- the exact details of what he says he's like yeah there this is going on and we gotta figure this out and then anything else that i missed and rose is like yeah jack just teleported out of the the room right 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 he's like oh that stinker <laughs> that con man but he has not fully abandoned them. Not yet. <laughs> okay. But yeah, this is where we also cut back to Nancy. She's gone back to the her hideout? Somebody's hideout? Her temporary well, hideout? it's not even the hideout they're supposed to be using. Mm-hmm. Because it was the hideout that they used yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, what did I tell you? Never the same house twice. Yeah. She was definitely going back there to be like, I bet all the kids are still at the same place they told them not to be at <laughs> and the kids are like you're the brains of this whole operation like we can't think if you're not here <laughs> <laughs> yeah and basically the gist of the scene is uh her saying that she needs to go look at the the crash site herself and that you kids need to have like a plan just in case i die you know that's still you know the blitz Right. right like there's still a war on mm-hmm. she could still get blown up and like you know what are they going to do without her so they should think of a plan for without her and i'll say lead kid the oldest boy there he's just like what are you talking about like this thing is chasing us he's like no it's chasing me mm-hmm. and we kind of get a she's like the typewriter is typing guys <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny that the episode uses this bit twice like in a row Mm-hmm. Where it's like they're talking and there's an ominous noise in the background that they have to call attention to later, and it just it's it's funny that they like recycle it almost immediately. Yeah, I think they need to remind us that like it's communicating through technology because the omcom thing is what ties it together with Jack's ship, but it is just like kind of beating us over the head with it. But I do love the the moment where it's just like this kid typing on the typewriter and. He, everyone's like you don't know how to read or write and he's like no i'm writing a letter to my dad i'm just gonna put it in an envelope that's how mail works right <laughs> it, I, I, I honestly really like that because it does kind of show like how much kids just know of the world like they're just like i just type it out i just press the clicky clackies put it in an envelope and then it's, and then we're good right mm-hmm. yeah that's exactly how it works you know click the click clackies put an envelope <laughs> in the mailbox Postman looks at it and goes like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so the doctor and uh, Rose back in the locked room, yeah, Jack essentially communicates them over the like radio that's in there with them. And it's like, hey, I my teleporter is synced just to me. I didn't want to like try to sync it up to the three of us. So I'm going to, don't worry, I'm going to come back and get you. And the doctor's like, yeah, sure. I'm going to come back and get us. So he doesn't quite believe it because later on he's up near the like barred window. Rose is like distracting herself by like spinning around in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So completely useless. Mm-hmm. 
she's like what are you worrying about jack is gonna come and get us he's like yeah sure i'm just gonna she's like what are you doing he's like i'm harmonizing the concrete so that the metal bars are easier to remove <laughs> just more gibberish uh, and then she's like just kind of relax you know just put some faith in him and she's just trying to get him to like loosen up for a bit and this is where she you know says the title of the episode you know the the world doesn't end if the doctor dances she's which trying was, to get him to yeah like, which was, was like really cute because it's just like you're allowed to like have fun remember like we can like like we're gonna be okay jack's gonna save us mm-hmm. it is a nice moment in and of itself of just like hey you can relax even <laughs> like the world might be in danger but you can take five minutes to like not worry and he's like mm-hmm. Like, well, I can't do that. Especially when he does come down to, like, dance with her. And he half-hasses it. And he's immediately, like, you said you were on a barrage balloon with a rope hanging over a limit? <laughs> Your hands are all right. He's, like, immediately, he's clearly still at work. Yeah. Still trying to put, like, all the, the gibberish together. Because at this point, Jag teleports him on the ship. In a pretty seamless cut. It's like, whoop. He's like, hey, I got you guys. Did you... Yeah, and they don't even notice that they've been teleported. Mm-hmm. Too much dancing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More uh, barbs are trading back and forth between the Doctor and Jack. And he's also, like, I guess the big important thing about this scene is that Doctor notices the nano genes. Like, he, he like, burned his hand, which I watched the episode twice, and I don't remember seeing where he put his hand at to burn it, but... I'll I'll take his word for it. <laughs> right. Was it something that happened in the first episode? No, it was in the um he said he burned it right when he got teleported on the ship, yeah. but I don't know oh. where he Like he burned it touching the console of the ship or something. Oh. Um I just want to uh before we move past it, I did really like Rose's line that you'll find your feet at the end of your legs, you might care to move them. I thought it was real it was it was it was smooth. <laughs> it was. I also really enjoyed the line where Rose refers to Jack as Captain Jack. And the doctor's like, if he was ever a captain, he's been defrocked. And Rose is like, shame, I missed that. <laughs> like, there was some, like, nice, like, back and My forth. My girl is horny. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think this would be a good place to talk about it. But, like, between the three of them, they are sniping at each other. But it's also, at times, very flirtatious. And they're very, all, yeah. like, the chemistry is yeah. through the roof between the three of them. So you can <laughs> see why I think Jack sticks around from just one-off appearance. You know, the the chemistry between them three is like the best we've ever we've seen in the in the season so far. Mm-hmm. To be fair, no one has good chemistry with Rose <laughs> thus far. <laughs> Basically, Jack is doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah, because oh, we did skip over this part because it, um, before he teleports away, it, but just to add to like the the flirtations between them all, like the doctor is asking, like, how did you get caught up in this? He's like, well, I saw her floating on a barrage balloon out in the middle of london and um oh shoot i forgot exactly what he said oh no i remember what he, he said was... i had an invisible plane or i had an, an invisible ship i never stood a chance yeah he was like it's not that she never stood a chance i never stood the chance you know yeah it's he's he's so charming mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but they regroup and they head off to the crash site while they've been doing that nancy has been breaking into the crash site mm-hmm. she's she's cut the barbed wires they're very professional they're very, wire cutters yeah. mm-hmm. immediately caught <laughs> immediately yeah. it's like a very quick scene like her the scene of her cutting the wires is like 30 seconds and then it cuts back to more dr rose and then it cuts to her getting immediately caught <laughs> yeah <laughs> she she did not do well at, at, at sneaking into this place no, because your plan was apparently cut the barbed wire to sneak in and then go immediately to where everybody Just, would like, be walk probably over be and looking. lift the cover up. Yeah. <laughs> cover up. Yeah. Uh, so she gets captured and uh, placed inside with the the uh, a sick soldier. Sick. Ugh, that was that was sick an alliterative soldier. exercise. Exercise I wasn't expecting. Sick soldier. Sick soldier. Nancy no, has to do knows. it too. Come on, sick soldier. No, with the with the diction. <laughs> sick soldier. Thank you. Jesus. <laughs> Nancy knows immediately what um what he's suffering from, and that's uh, 
empty childism or whatever we want to call it. Gas maskism. He's gonna Gatsby become a gas syndrome. <laughs> Gatsby syndrome. <laughs> Gaspiosis. He's got a great case of the Gatsby syndrome. <laughs> that was a that was forcing that one real hard. Ah. <laughs> It's uh, the same joke as before, but worse. She's <laughs> yeah. basically panicking like and trying to get the the captain to like or mm. whatever his rank is to not put her in the room with this guy, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work. And she explains the the terrible fate that awaits this too. Like she's really trying to get get him to just give up and be and like accept the fact that he's about to become this like monstrous thing. And just like let her go because it's like the the good thing to do is like oh I'm gonna die I might as well let her go because I don't want to turn into something that's going to then kill her. Which like maybe that would work if she had not just told this guy like some horrific news that he needs to get over first. Yeah, <laughs> and like tries to get him to remember his wife's name and it's just not in his head anymore. Mm-hmm. Like. Guy's just too busy freaking out to even think about unlocking the handcuffs. Yeah. Yeah. The doctor and crew head over. We do get a little of Jack's motivation for coming. Yeah, we get some Jack backstory. Mm-hmm. He's gives he tells them like why are you know, why why is he doing it? He's like, Well I lost at some point they wiped two years of memory from him. He's like he's trying to get it back, you know. Now Libby, is this something that's answered in Tor- Torchwood? What those two years were? I don't think so. Because I don't think I, they ever mentioned it in Doctor Who. Know that it ever comes back? Yeah, I don't know. Because I ever did comes not remember up. that being a plot point. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Huh. Well, I guess it sucks to be Jack. He never gets those two years. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just got eternal sunshine. <laughs> yes. Maybe he just got bonked on the head and he was yeah, he just he just for two years. Uh, but they arrive at the crash site and then the three of them are walking up and the music playing here seems like I don't know, it it seemed weird to me. It it's the the tone of them it almost too action heroy in my I have to rewatch it one more time to get the sense of like it seemed incongruous with that was a terrible way um, incongruous <laughs> incongruous incongruous that might be the worst pronunciation of anything yet <laughs> I'm sorry they don't usually kill me like this <laughs> The second I said it, and you know, it's what you guys both looked over at me. I could tell <laughs> over the video, but Andrew's head, from my perspective, snapped. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I knew, I knew, I already knew I had I fucked up. <laughs> Incongruous. Out of sync with um, what I feel like the tone <laughs> should have been. But they hide behind some boxes. They uh, they have some more banter. Um, they're like, we need to distract the guards. Rose is gonna go like, oh, I'll go distract him. And Jack's like, you're not his type, baby. And he walks over to. I love um, how queer Jack is. And I just love the like very casual, um, by pansexual acceptance of like Doctor Who around captain jack yeah it's just like yeah it, it, he, it this is just who this guy is it makes sense for his character and nobody has a problem with it except rose who has like a little bit of a problem she's with a it. little she's a little phobic but she just needs to get she just needs to get used to it she's mm-hmm. we've established that rose is like alien phobic yeah like and so like the thought of cap of, of jack like boning an alien is probably like like not great for her. Yeah, she's not panphobic. She's just alien racist. Yeah. <laughs> she does get um because the doctor and her to kind of discuss that that pansexuality of Jack and she does get a little like so that's 
what we do is we just go around and um and this is where dance becomes a metaphor <laughs> for um to bone because <laughs> the doctors yeah we you guys go around to dance you know he's got a big shit eating grin on his face on it too shit eating grin not shit eating grin so <laughs> just to clarify uh i'm on a roll today but jack goes over to um talk to algae i don't remember what his rank was i don't think it really matters but he's in charge of the thing but he's very quickly it's clear that he has been infected because the first thing he does is call jack mommy and this is mommy a couple more times before he um transforms not as quite as horrifically as uh, dr constantine did but well yeah because we just need one more time to like see how horrific it is yeah yeah just in case we forgot from one episode to the next it's poor poor captain algae poor captain algae i had written down in my notes like i was really glad that they didn't make us watch the gas mask forcing itself out of the soldier that uh nancy was in the room with and then like one note later i was like just fucking kidding we did have to watch the gas mask effect again actually <laughs> yeah it's like almost like they didn't show us the one with nancy just because they knew they were going to do it again not yeah three minutes later um but they all the doctor rushes in that kind of takes charge over everybody the the two soldiers there Um. Who very quickly, mind you, disappear. <laughs> Where did they go? Mm-hmm. They, they must have become um, infected because they just, they immediately disappear. Yeah, they're just gone. Yeah. Well, we learned that the contaminant has become airborne, so they probably have been infected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which also means that like Rose and the doctor and everyone has been infected, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, because the doctor basically gives, like, I mean, we're not safe anymore. It could happen at any time, is essentially. Um, I would have liked to have seen someone else turn, like Rose. You know what I mean? Definitely would have added, I think, some if they s- slowly, and maybe not turned all the way, but at least gotten so clear that they maybe get the scar in their hand that mm-hmm. they were infected. Yeah. Um. But after those two guys disappear, uh, they hear singing, <laughs> which cues uh, the doctor that um, somebody's around. and They go and rescue Nancy from her little predicaments. Which, honestly, I gotta say, pretty quick thinking of Nancy to, like, start singing this guy a lullaby, and it just puts him to sleep. Like, that's a great way to keep herself safe. Yeah. Good thinking. Well, because she knows that, like, this is, like, part of, at least a little bit, this is Jamie. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is probably the song that she sung to him. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. So they all are um trio plus Nancy. <laughs> I'm afraid to say the word I I quad some type of <laughs> the group. The group. Um the Gaspies begin to to roam. <laughs> I still don't like it. I can't argue that it, like because you I are don't so have committed to using the word Gaspies. I am. I wrote <laughs> down. I every time I mention them, they're they're Gaspies. I'm sticking to it until. <laughs> sure. Basically, they sur- begin to surround the area, so they lock it all off um mm-hmm. well rose and nancy repair the barbed wire they share a little moment of like rose telling like, nancy that she's from the future mm-hmm. and my my video paused when nancy said what future and it like <laughs> I, that timing like broke my heart <laughs> <laughs> It just made me it made me sit in it a little bit longer and I didn't like it. And I thought that that was a way better like if we're if we're gonna do weird patriotic World War II shit, that was such a better way to do it than 
in the first half of this episode where they were just like, oh yeah, Britain, the tiny wet island that stands up to the Germans. Like, yeah. they could have skipped all of that and just done this part because it was just actually really well done. I I really liked that Nancy was just like, yeah, I'll believe you're a time traveler. Like, that's totally fair. But like, this is the end of the world. I can't, I simply cannot believe that the Germans don't win. <laughs> oh yeah, and she's like, you're from the future and you're from here, but but you're not German? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. It's, very, it's it's honestly one of my favorite, like, time travel things that they've done in this season. Yeah. Like, just, Rose gives her a little bit of hope of just like, yeah, it's gonna be bad, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Right? Because right now, like, you know, Nancy can't see it and as a whole. Probably the whole country is like, "Well, we're they, they can't see the light at the uh, yeah." They're here. like, "We're doomed." Mm-hmm. But that leads us to um, what I've written down as the doctor lectures Jack. Because <laughs> <laughs> once they all gather around and the doctor has examined the uh, Chula pod a little, they finally get it open. Um, I guess we should also clarify that the reason why all the the gaspies are gathering on the locale <laughs> is they're waiting for Jamie. Is the it's not that just that they're waiting for Jamie. It's that the when they started to fiddle with the ambulance, an alarm went off on it. Yeah, the defense systems of the of mm-hmm. the of the, of the, the war ambulance, which the ambulance the. War- <laughs> Ah. thanks for joining me in the (laughs) the land of poor poor uh fusions of um, come on libby absolutely not one of us us. i'm not calling it the wambulance (laughs) i'm just gonna start thinking about george michael Basically, duh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's just over here lip syncing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, for, for listeners, Andrew's like bopping around in front of us as we're trying to Sorry. finish this. I thought I could get away with it because this isn't a video, a visual medium, but y'all just had to call it out. It's because we're watching you do it. Avert <laughs> thine eyes. Anywho. I've reason I call it Jack or Doctor. Like, oh boy, <laughs> just keep rolling down the hill. I'm maybe, almost maybe we should do the bottom. vocal warm up, vocal warm ups before. Recording. I thought that's what we did when we were talking beforehand, but maybe we need to do more active, like more like specific warm ups. <laughs> All right. He basically lectures Jack and like, which also the added benefit of explaining to us kind of what's going on. Nanogenes were still in the Chula ambulance ship. But like Jack a essentially, of them. Mm-hmm. Jack essentially let them out on the populace. And the first thing they scanned was um, Jamie's corpse. It was like, oh, this what must be all humans are like. And it's basically trying to... Uh, any wounded person, I guess. And it's starting to advance from... I assume any from wounded people to just humans in general mm-hmm. is the way yeah, I yeah. interpreted it. Because that's why it was like in a hospital. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I Yeah. I thought it started in the hospital and now is like since it's now airborne, it's spreading. It's like, oh, all humans must now be the same as have yeah. gas masks for faces and scars on their and they hands. The nanogenes literally bring this kid back to life. This kid was dead. They tell us this kid had died. Mm-hmm. And the nanogenes and like, were like, "What?" what? The doctor just, just hand waves it. Bring it back to life. Yeah, the the, the doctor just hand waves it. Sure. Like, what is life? It's a quirk of matter, and it's just like, um, <laughs> I don't think that that's what that is. Yeah, it's like an excuse to get the um, nanogenes to be. Maybe not an excuse for the nanogenes because it's still like they work. They're a plot device. They work in and of themselves, but it's like, yeah. I don't quite buy that they're so dumb that they wouldn't know, like, a dead body <laughs> with zero life signs. 
Well, they know that that's, they know it's a dead body and they're trying to bring it back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then they, but they don't know what a human is. So like the dead body that they see before them, they see is just the only issue is that it's dead. Yeah. Right. Well, let's not try to think too hard about it because why were these machines designed to re, um, revive chulas even bother to revive human beings? I Especially mean, they're if they're designed to fix whatever is in front of them, I guess. Yeah, I guess they're misprogrammed because if your chulas are fighting a war with somebody else and the, their nanogenes are reviving their enemies, yeah, I think there's a problem. That's a, that's a fair point. That is a what if they were fighting point. humans, hypothetically? <laughs> well, then they turn them all into chulas. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, but essentially, we are explained the the plan, and like I said. Jack is horrified. He he realizes what he's done. He's like, oh no. He's like, this is all my fault. He's like, oh crap, what have I done? <laughs> it was just a con. <laughs> um I mean that doctor... really like that's really not Jack's fault. Um It's not. Libby, I know that you are like a a hopeless Captain Jack shill, but <laughs> you gotta admit, this is all Captain Jack's fault. I mean, <laughs> maybe he didn't research it as well as he should have. <laughs> yeah, maybe he should have double checked. Um, also, for you are do- he is straight up doing something illegal. Fine. <laughs> I have in my notes, this is not Jack's fault. Stop blaming my boy. <laughs> it's It's definitely Jack's fault. I mean, yeah, sure, he unleashed it, but he wasn't, like, acting with ill intent other no, than but, like, <laughs> doing a con. The road to hell is paved with good intentions, Sure, yada, yada, that doesn't yada. make it his fault. <laughs> it kind of does. Uh. <laughs> Something can be your fault by accident. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, he just, he just did an accident. <laughs> <laughs> he did an accidental war crime is what he did. <laughs> <laughs> War crimes don't count if they were an accident. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I accidentally spilled all this napalm over a over a uh, fuck. What do they call it? A maternity ward. <laughs> I tripped. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> God damn it, Robert! <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Alright. They have a moment of, like, panic as they're um, closed in. But this is also where Rose asks the pointed question about, like, Doctor, how are you going to get us out of this? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> but as he's thinking it over and, like, Jack and Rose argue in the background, he's, like, looking at Nancy and he's like, wait a second. He's hearing all the mummy chants. He's like, hold on. They, okay, they really lay it out there for him. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, how is how could this possibly be your fault? Are you my mummy in the background? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if we didn't already know, like, um, <laughs> Moffat is really, he's really pounding it into us. <laughs> Robert, you gotta choose your words. <laughs> you, like, I'll I'll give you ga- gab, gas, Gatsby, whatever. Uh, but you gotta don't you gotta just be careful with what you say. I'm sure he would be fine with me saying pounding it into him, especially with the way he wrote this episode. <laughs> Moffat's really dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Robert just got the joke. <laughs> no, I just want to keep saying pounding it. <laughs> <laughs> Trying okay. to keep myself. They 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 beat us over the head with hammering it. Hammering it home. Okay. Beating us over the head. That does still does, you know that doesn't work either. Because you because if I can I can say you're really beating us over the head with it. Wink wink nudge nudge. Well, if you put wink, wink, nudge, nudge after anything. 
It's like that old like uh like that old game where it's just like you say something and then also use the word in bed. Uh-huh. And then it just makes it a euphemism, regardless of what you're talking about. It's raining cats and dogs in bed. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know why that was the thing you chose to go with. <laughs> it's just I was thinking of like a popular idiom, and it's just the first one that came up. We can cut that from the episode, probably. <laughs> oh, I'm not cutting out your little bestiality moment. <laughs> it's not a bestiality moment. <laughs> Anyway. Uh, is this our most anyway. unhinged episode yet, guys? Oh, oh it's gotta be. <laughs> I think so. Anyway, so Moffat's pounding it into us. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I expected better from you, too. <laughs> you told me I had to join you on your level. Not that level. <laughs> A different level. <laughs> Uh, I think by now we figured out Nancy is not Jamie's older sister. <laughs> right. But, and, you know, I have a question. His mother. Yeah. If she's yes. his mummy, where are her bandages? Oh my god. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you lecture us <laughs> on levels. You I don't know what you're talking about. That was, a, that was a golden joke. If you can't make yourself laugh, then what's the point? You know? But the doctor advises Nancy to go over to Jamie and basically uh, just tell him. Tell him, yeah, that she is his mummy. That's what, uh, essentially what she does. She goes over and is like, I am, I'm your mummy, I'm your mother. Gives him a nice big hug. And then the nano jeans go, Well, if this is his mother, we fucked up somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, that is the perfect description of what happens. <laughs> Pretty much. And they they start like the rewriting. Just somehow figure it out. Yeah. They start re rewriting uh Jamie to be a person again. Mm-hmm. Because I guess having two data points is enough for them to figure out like the similarities between Nancy yeah. and Jamie and be like, that's what personhood is. Listen, Which guys. means that everybody who gets re-nanogened probably has like, is like genetically related to Nancy and Jamie's family now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably. Um, I do want to point out that this represents the uh, sci-fi deus ex machina of the episode. Oh, absolutely. Which is, which is a mother's love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor does his part and gathers up the nano genes and he's like um he sends them back out now with this new info he's like fix what you've done well he's like software patch gonna patch. email the upgrade it's like and- why have you done this why why is this your dialogue <laughs> choice <laughs> i really enjoy episodes like this where the doctor gets really giddy about being able to save everybody. Yeah. It he's he's really cute about it. Like and it's every doctor. Like the the episodes where it's like the the just like once in a while everybody lives and it's just like he gets so happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's exceptionally giddy cuz yeah, he realizes he can save everyone in this. So he Patches up the nanogenes, send them out to fix their their mistake. Um, we get um, Dr. Constantine again. Uh, the doctor gives him a nice little... It's like, hey, um, things are a little weird. Dr. Dr. Constantine does get a good line of like, um, of like, why are we out in the middle of this rail yard? <laughs> yeah, because the doctor's just like, Dr. Constantine, the constant doctor. First off, great nickname. If he wasn't using that before, he better be using it for the rest of his life. Um, and he's just like, look at all, all your patients. Everybody's good now. And he's just like, yeah. And we're also standing in this like ridiculous place. What happened? <laughs> he's like, don't worry too hard about it. Just tell. And he's like, your patients are going to come to you like perfectly fixed. Just tell them you're a really good doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and, Dr. and he Constant- immediately goes straight into the gaslighting because somebody comes up to him. And it's like, my leg's grown back. I only had one leg when I came into the hospital. And he goes, 
well, there is a war on. Is it possible you miscounted? Perfect line. And I I maintain that across these two episodes, and even with the great dialogue between, like, Jack, Rose, and the Doctor, Dr. Constantine has the best lines. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Where did you recognize his voice from? Oh, yeah. We were talking about this before we started recording because I looked up where I recognized this guy's voice from. And it is from one of my favorite movies of all time. And I am fully embarrassed that this is where I recognize this man from. But it he plays um Capulet, the the dad of Juliet, um in in Nomeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because he played apparently I, I looked more into his IMDB. Uh. He played the same character in a Romeo and Juliet movie in 1965. Wow. Yeah. Full circle career. Holy smokes. Yeah. That must not have been a coincidence then. They were like, we need him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, he's... He, I knew I recognized his voice from somewhere. <laughs> For connoisseurs of nuts, Nomeo and Juliet, he is Gaius from Merlin. <laughs> For anybody yeah, wondering, okay. another British TV show production. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, another thing that I noticed while I was looking up the cast of this episode is the name of the kid um, for the Lloyd family, like the family whose house they were breaking into. Mm-hmm. Um, the name of the kid, the actor who plays uh, Timothy Lloyd, is Luke Perry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that Luke Perry. <laughs> But it's Luke Perry. Huh. Uh, And apparently he was also in five episodes of uh, Torchwood. Hmm. As Hmm. a David Davies. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Fun facts. Fun cast facts today. (laughs) Good facts. Yeah. I guess before we get too deep into it, we should say that at some point. Because if you recall, Jack put it exactly at a place where a bomb would fall Mm. onto it. Jack does stop that bomb. He like dips out. He's like, peace. Yeah, because so he kind of think bomb is coming. Yeah, he thinks we think that he abandoned us. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. He had to go stop that bomb with his ship. Mm-hmm. And the doctor is, like, is a hero. The doctor has a really fun line about it because like Rose is just like, we're going to die. And he's like, no, we're not. I, I've taken care of the bomb. And she's like, how? And he says, psychology. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Okay, Mr. Impressed with yourself. Calm down. Yeah, Jack grabs the bomb. Uh, they shuffle everyone out later. Just like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, because the doctor plans on blowing up the ambulance. Um, which does bring in the, the nice line from Rose where she's like, he's like, oh, well, uh, there's an explosion happened here. Who am I to deny history? And she's like, you're usually the first. <laughs> <laughs> And they run back to the TARDIS. He's super happy. Because everybody lives. Everybody lives. And Rose is like, well, what about Jack? And he goes quiet for a second. Because Jack is over off in deep space somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he With can't get bomb. rid of the bomb. Yeah, unlike Batman, he can't get rid of this bomb. Although, wait, wait, wait. I don't want to <laughs> gloss over something. I don't want to gloss over something that, we, that, that you guys skipped. The Doctor is apparently Santa Claus? He apparently what? at least gave Rose... A bike when she was 12 years old that she wanted. Because she was like, what are you, Santa Claus? And he's just like, how do you know I'm not, red bike, when you were 12? Mm-hmm. And she gets this <laughs> I look missed of that like, entirely. Yeah, no, she gets this look of like, how did you know? <laughs> yeah, she's like, what? <laughs> Although, if I was the doctor and I picked up a new companion, I would absolutely make an excuse to take the target, like, to leave take the TARDIS into their past and just like fuck with them a little bit so that I could absolutely make those jokes. And this is why you are not the doctor. Correct. Also, I have only one heart and I'm a human person. This is why you are not a time agent. (laughs) Also, it's not the 51st century. Damn. You you really didn't luck out on that (laughs) Um, yeah, we, Jack we, thinks he's gonna die. Like, he has he's one the, last martini to go. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm doing my job, Andrew. No, you want to say something? <laughs> that was right, so you're combative. Just, you're just skipping over this entire amazing scene. 
which is Jack like making the sacrifice play fully against his will and like even having witty repartee with the computer. Yeah. He's just like, uh, we'll put it in an escape pod. There is no escape pod. We'll then all get in the escape pod. There is no escape pod. Did you check everywhere? Yes. Even under the sink? I was just like, it was such a fun little back and forth. And then, yes, he gets a martini. <laughs> Too much vermouth. Too much vermouth. He says goodbye to the computer. And then you kind of hear the familiar wheezing of the TARDIS in the background. And you hear some music whiffed in. And the doctor tells him to get his ass in here before a ship explodes. It's going to leave a, um, it's going to make a breeze. Because today everybody lives. The Just doctor has rescued one. Jack start, as well. And they dance and. Mm-hmm. And, and the it's, doctor and, suddenly remembers how to dance. Yeah. And uh, Rose is just like, I think that I think Jack wants to dance. And the doctor's like, I'm sure he does. But how do you know who he wants to dance with? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just this cute little cheeky line. Also, I do think that it was really classy of Jack to like die with a drink in his hand. Oh, yeah. That's why I was like earlier in the in, in this recording. I was like, yeah, he's so suave. <laughs> he, he goes out in a heroic and suave way. <laughs> yeah, I really I really loved the ending of this episode. Yeah. What did we think overall in terms of this as a standalone episode and as the second part of the the story? I think it does a good job of being its own little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely has like second episode. We can now start dishing out answers, but I also feel like you could just watch this on its own and still kind of know what's going on and not have to yeah and it's not yeah. like the sense of a, a cliffhanger really matters to this episode because they resolve it in the in, in a second <laughs> immediately mm-hmm. yeah i like it i think i like it a little bit more than the first half couldn't disagree more wow this is this is i mean to me this is like absolutely the better episode wait. that's what i said wait i said i like yeah, it a little <laughs> bit more than the first half oh i misunderstood what you said <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't disagree more. <laughs> I thought we were going to have a fun little like debate. Uh-huh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and we, we, I was just like, you're wrong. Also, exactly what you said. That's what I think, too. And I just misunderstood what you like, said. I'm ready to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I liked the look that Robert was giving me during all that. It was just like, you think the first episode was better? Yeah, because you, I was listening to you say what you were saying. I was like, one, you're being very combative. And two, let me just said that exact thing. <laughs> so I was like, wait, you're in agreement then? <laughs> What's good? Yeah, fuck you. I agree with you. <laughs> Great. Yep. I mean, they're both very good. I'll say this. I don't know whether or not they explain too much or don't explain enough about what the nanogenes do or why um, Jamie has the powers he has. Because the doctor at one point says, like, he'll become a god and then doesn't really do any godlike well, things. Well, yeah, because they kind of explain It's a typewriter that, move. They kind of explain god. that the the ambulance is like a, a ba- is the wambulance, right? It's, it's made for war. Um, and it's repairing people and like equipping them with chula like weapons basically mm-hmm. like nanogenetic weapons like the super strength and the ability to do the omcom thing the mm-hmm. omni communication or whatever anything with yeah. the anything with the speaker right and i partly feel like that's too much explanation it the, is the really basic... laying it out for you to connect the dots mm-hmm. before they do it. I feel like the basic core of like these nanogenes have mistaken what a human's like anatomy is, mm-hmm. and as rewriting them works on its own. But then it's like, well, Jamie also has these extra things where like he can communicate with radios and like. I don't think those needed to be explained. Right. I think it could have just kept to the basic. These nano machines have basically 
made a mistake and have gone gone rogue without like that. a clear idea yeah but it adds to the creepiness of the jamie so i, I did not mind that part mm-hmm. i also feel like if you th- think about it as more of a ghost story than as a science fiction almost it, you can kind of wave away some of the inconsistencies with the techno babble if you boil it down to ghost child um needs to reconcile with the mother who can't accept him because society yeah um won't allow like you know a 15 year old single mother right who she's 20 now um when he dies but like mm-hmm. that is the core really of what's going on in the background and like the core of the like ghost story as i would see it and that's i think that's why this episode is so good is because it has that core to it yeah. even if the techno battle doesn't always make sense or contradicts itself or just is there to right mm-hmm. like the um, the the sci-fi suspense. stuff is basically just getting in the way of it, of of the good story mm-hmm. So let's slap a number on this baby. <laughs> <laughs> Said the one who hates the numbers. I, I my I, problem with the it, numbers is I never remember what I rated previous episodes. Yeah. Uh I I also don't remember. <laughs> and you just you make my argument. <laughs> You're feeding into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I think I gave the last episode an 8. I think so too. That's kind of my gut vibe. I think I would still give this one an eight because we're not doing decimals. <laughs> right. Like I think that this is still because this isn't in a the nine territory. Yeah. I agree. If I were to slap a shiny number on this baby, it'd be an eight. <laughs> <laughs> what about a non-shiny number? Um. Uh... A nine, a non shiny nine. <laughs> <laughs> this did win the 2006 Hugo, the empty child, the doctor dances won that year. Mm. So people do think it's really good. Um, several Doctor Who lists in my research put it in the top of 10 um, episodes to watch. Well, it's because of Jack. I mean, yeah. It's his introduction and like his whole like dynamic with everybody is is amazing, and like on, on top of that, it is genuinely like a good mm-hmm. and sort of heartwarming story. You know what I mean? Also, one thing before we before we hop off, this kid was supposed to be dead, and was saved through time travel shenanigans. Where are the weird uh, Reaper gargoyle things? Hmm. <laughs> that's a good point where where are they they said that the kid was dead and now is not dead it's almost as if <laughs> that i can't believe i didn't think of that it's almost as if the rules are inconsistent uh-huh. imagine that it's almost as if mr davies didn't explain to mr Muffin <laughs> and um i know the writer of the last episode i wrote it down but i don't necessarily want to dig through my notes right now. And that's a showrunner. I think we know who to look at and go. <laughs> Father's Day was written by Paul Cornell, Stephen Moffat, and Sidney Newman. Well, Stephen, you were in there twice. Yeah, he should know better. <laughs> <laughs> they were his creation, and he yeah. just hand waved them away. <laughs> anyway, Robert, did you give it a number? I did. I give it a shiny eight. Shiny eight. It's it's all around. But I do think that this is technically a higher eight than the last eight. This is why we gotta have decimals. You Robert guys. doesn't want the decimals. Robert's a baby uh, about decimals. I don't even want the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that about wraps it up for us. Yeah. Also, I did want to apologize. I did forget to introduce you guys at the top of the episode. Yeah, we noticed that's why there was just like a couple seconds of like nobody talking because we were waiting for you to do that. I I did not do that. And I apologize. (laughs) So Libby, Robert, I'm sorry. (laughs) I think if they don't know who we are by now, if they're starting on episode 10 and don't know 
That's our job. <laughs> and if yeah. they can't tell the difference between our voices, they have a. Um, they might need to check their speakers. I think there's a definitive difference between me and mm-hmm. Libby and how we sound. And I'm gonna leave it up to the listeners to figure out what the difference is. <laughs> <laughs> Here's all the right. Robert's doing all the recap and I'm just making <laughs> jokes. <laughs> Alrighty. Um I'm I'm really glad that we made it to episode ten, guys. Woo! Episode ten for a nice milestone, yeah. Yeah, the next one is episode hundred, so strap in. No, the next Holy. the next one is the end of the season. <laughs> I don't think we should wait till hundred two to like have another like a little celebration. Yeah, that'll be a while. <laughs> that'll be like season eight or nine um so yeah thanks everybody for sticking around for 10 episodes and thank you guys for sticking with me <laughs> and chatting about dr who and stuff it's fun I like it, it is all righty we can probably uh do a fancy outro and i don't have to say goodbye probably but i want to say goodbye goodbye bye bye Thanks for listening to Doctor Whom. This episode was written and produced by Andrew Blayhawk, Libby Burnett, and Robert O'Brien. Thank you to Kevin McLeod for the use of his song Space Jazz. If you like the show, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Doctor Whom Pod. And if you are so inclined to support us monetarily, please consider backing us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Doctor Whom. And as always, keep listening for more goofy sci-fi and 2020s opinions on a 2000s show. Thank you.